Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm excited to tell you that this episode of Military Mom Talk Radio is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Right now, you can get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com slash mm, like Military Mom or Mike Mike. And don't forget to use the promotion code mm. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we've got Sharon Silver, parenting expert today, and we're going to have so much fun today, because we're just going to, you know, we're going to learn all about video games and apps and what our kids are using on the phone, and this is a really great show, girls and guys, because I had a show with Sharon last week and she gave me a list of apps and stuff and I thought, oh, there's no way my kids are on these. And then I talked to a couple of the other moms were like, nah, we all went home and we're like, well, looky loo, what's on your phone? (laughs) It's already there. It's already there. And so... You know, and they weren't necessarily bad things, but they were things that would mask things and um, allow, there was an app too that allowed them to pretend like they were their buddy and it looked like they texted them. So that one had to go and, you know, the group of moms that were all friends got together and were like, okay, here's the list. This is what's on my kid's phone. (laughs) This is what's on this and this is what's going to happen. And so thank you, Sharon Silver, for cleaning up our fifth grade and eighth grade gang. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a hated woman. That's what I am. (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so funny well i'm glad you went home and found it well i didn't know what even to look for and i'm in tech you know that's the funny thing is there's part of me that has this big ego that goes well you know i have a technology company i can wire these things i can i can program these things blah 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 but the fact of the matter is my kid is smarter than i am in some of this stuff and i can't know what i don't know so that's why you're here today sharon to help us get a handle on what we don't know well, you know, I think the bottom line is it's it's not necessarily that the kids are smarter than we are. I think it's more that um, they found workarounds. That's what they did. And um, and unfortunately, and here's the creepy, awful part, is those workarounds were created by people you don't want your kids anywhere near. And so the kids figured it out and then they brought it into, you know, their peer group. But this comes from predators and online creeps. And, you know, that's where the workarounds came from. There's so many apps, though. Every day there's a new app for something. Every and, and you can even very easily create your own app. There are apps to make apps. So, <laughs> so I know it's just every day there's something new coming out. And that's not an exaggeration. No, it's not. My son is upstairs right now writing his phone, his first phone app. He's both my kids are in technology. So, you know, that's, you know, it's kind of like, ah, what are you doing? What are you putting in there? But he's a full grown adult and he's, he's being very responsible, but he's writing an app. So the first thing I want to start with so that everybody knows is go ahead on your computer and get up my blog post, which is the first one once you get to proactiveparenting.net. Get on the nav bar, hit blog, and you're going to find the article. And the article is, what is my child doing with these apps? Because, you know, Sandra and I had a ball. We talked about parenting. We talked about a bunch of things, and I'm sure we'll do that again today. But I want parents to have access to what these apps actually are. So if we get spun off in another direction, they're here. They're on the blog. That's for all of you. Well, it's hard to know where to begin. And, you know, I have all sorts of sneaky stuff. All of my kids and my dad and my uncle are on my same iPhone account. So everything is is put to the cloud. I can look on my Mac. Uh, I can either look at my big iMac or I can look at my iPad to see what apps people are downloading. I know that makes me a little bit big brotherish, but you know, when you've got five and eight year olds and you work full time and you're a single mom, if I could put ankle trackers on my kids, I would. <laughs> and the iPhone's kind of like the next best thing. 
Well, actually, um, you know, I'm not a person who wants you to like read somebody's um, journal or something of that nature. But I think that this goes back to something that we talked about and something that I'd like to talk about today, which is what is our level of responsibility when it comes to parenting and technology? Well, the first level of responsibility is you see that phone that's in your hand? Where'd you get it? Who bought it? Who paid for it? Who owns it? That means that there's a series of rules and regulations that goes along with that. And that is, you know, this is, that's mine. And I'm putting it on loan to you, which means I have access to look anytime I want because my job is to keep you safe. My job is not to eavesdrop on you. It's not to make your life harder. That's not my goal. My goal is to find out what's out there. How can I teach you and how can I help you? And I well, think and that- I think, Sharon, you know, you gave me that a couple years ago on a show, you know, which I did when my kids turn 12, you know, they get their phone. My little one got a, uh, my 10-year-old got a phone at 10 just because he goes back and forth between him and his dad's house. But I laid down those ground rules that you gave me, like, right off the bat. <laughs> and, you know, and it, it really did establish some great ground rules of the device saying, I pay for it. It's my contract. I have the right to look through any of these emails. Now, I won't unless I have cause to, but it's that whole thing that kids need to understand when they put stuff in writing. It's not necessarily permanent, but it can be. And anybody can take a picture of it. Anybody can send a screenshot. And the other thing I tell my kids, Sharon, like to just go one step further on your piece of advice is that. Your phone is in your backpack all day long. And there have been times kids have gotten in his backpack and sent text to his friend or to sent text to a girl he liked. It is not foolproof. So for me to have access and for me to check these things is not only good parenting, but it's also good for you and your friends. Because I caught a stream of texts going out that they had accidentally put some guy in like Los Angeles, downtown Los Angeles. They typed in a kid's number and got it one number off. So this poor accountant in downtown Los Angeles was getting like this text stream of like 15 kids. And I was the one who had to call the parent and say, look, I'm sorry, or call the accountant and tell them, you know, this is what happened. But try to get that cloud off of 15 kids' phones was nothing short of a miracle because it replicates so fast. And that's the thing that, that I don't think parents and kids understand. No, they don't understand that. They don't realize, I mean, they're glued to it. I've never seen anything like it. Um, I think our society is in a place right now that is a very, it's a major learning curve. I don't want to say it's dangerous, but I want to say, I want to alert parents to the fact that because technology is where our kids are focused. And I think I said in the beginning of the article that 95% of children, teens, are on their phone every single day. 24%, which I think is a low number, um, are on their phones constantly. So that means that we don't really have their full attention, not the way that we used to in other generations. And that means that what we've done is we've, we've handed off our parenting to technology. In and, your house, do you have, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was, no, I was just going to say that what that means is that kids have this misunderstanding about what life is like. And so they're either seeing that life is like bad behavior, which is an illusion because some people feel that the anonymity of being on a cell phone gives them license to act in the worst possible way. The exact opposite is also what they're seeing, which is the illusion of perfection. Neither one of them is true about life, but that's what we've let our kids see on the Internet. We stop teaching them social skills, conflict resolution, um, basic communication skills. We have to be really careful here. This is a learning curve. The Internet is new. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I interrupted you, so I apologize. <laughs> so many times I, I hear about people social skills. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about social skills. <laughs> Just cut right on in there. Um, I've heard so many families say that dinner time is going to be a no tech zone. Um, there are there are many opportunities to. We've got a couple minutes before the break, Sharon, and I want to have your take on that. Uh, do you think families need to build that no tech time into their days and weeks? 
Oh, heavens, yes. Um, yeah. I'm watching a great show, which I really enjoy, called The Fosters on Netflix. And they did something that I think is just brilliant. They have a basket that they pass around before anyone is allowed to be given their plate for food. So when you come to the table, hand over the tech. This is family time. No tech allowed. That means that if that sucker goes off, you can't look down underneath the table and start reading your text and pretend that I don't think that's what you're doing. I have it. The cell phone's gone. We have to go back to this. Um, you know, in our house, we, because I'm older than all of you and my kids are older than all of you, um, what we did is we allowed our kids, um, it was like social time, but it was also time to talk about world events at the table. And that has been really, really important in our family. Um, talking about, you know, w- the bigger, broader world. And our kids are really informed as a result of the conversations that we had over the years. And parents are missing that. Parents are missing that. And I think we, as parents, sometimes are just as guilty. We're connected to our work through our phones and we hear the ding and we say, "Uh oh, there's something we have to attend to right away. There's nothing that can't wait for 20 minutes, um, short of, yeah, if there's a, a, a literal fire down the, down the street, we, we have to get the emergency people going, but there's nothing that can't wait for half an hour. There's nothing that can't wait, uh, until you have some family time. When, um, someone comes home and, and you want to sit down and have a conversation, I have to say, my husband and I, for years, years and years, every morning, we have coffee together and that might be the only time in our in our whole day that we may even have a chance to talk to each other but that was sort of almost a religion for us we would make that coffee time we would have coffee together and it started our day um wherever works in your family is what you've got to do and i think being uh proactive in your parenting means that you're taking that step ahead before you're having to react to something that's going to be all the more harder to correct we're talking with sharon silver today and we certainly want you to visit proactiveparenting.net we're going to learn lots more about uh the things that sharon wants to share with us in in a minute we're going to go to a break uh and we're here today on military mom talk radio sandra beck robin boyd we'll be back in a moment hey military moms this is sandra beck and i'm excited to tell you that this episode of military mom talk radio is brought to you by casper an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price right now you can get fifty dollars off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash mm like military mom or mike mike and enter the promo code mm when you make your purchase now casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the costs of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly on to you Casper Mattress is obsessively engineered at a very fair price, and it's got this supportive memory foam that gives you just the right sink, and it keeps you cool. It's like a breathable foam, a breathable design that helps keep you cool at the night, and if you're like me living in the Southern California desert, it sure can get hot at night, and it's nice to lay down on a cool mattress. So you can sleep cool. You can also buy it easily online and completely risk-free. And you spend a third of your life on your mattress, so why not sleep on something that's great? And you can return this up to a 100 days. Like you have a 100-day period to return this. You don't have to lie down on a showroom. You can lie down it every night for a 100 days, and if you don't like it, return it. The Casper mattress is made in the USA. This is a great deal, you guys. So why want you to go to casper.com front slash mm as in mike mike enter promotion code mm and you can get fifty dollars off any mattress purchase lots more ahead stay with us on military mom talk radio It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data 
shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Next time your parents or grandparents complain about walking to school uphill both ways, you can tell them about a village in China where getting to school is a real adventure. In the mountainous Sichuan province, children have to get to school from their tiny village of Atular by rappelling, abseiling, and clambering down a 2,500-foot cliff. Using ropes and bamboo ladders to scale this one-half-mile-high brachtumic, the journey is so difficult that the school children ages 6 to 15 only return home every two weeks. What's the word for the fear of heights? Hypsophobia. A new set of steel stairs is now being considered to help make the journey to school safer. By the way, a rock tumuk is a hill so steep it hurts the stomach of anyone who tries to climb it. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and we're here with Sharon Silver and Robin Boyd, and we're having a great discussion about digital. And before we went to break, um, Robin, you said something about urgency, you know, like our children are brain surgeons or heart surgeons or first responders, so the idea mm-hmm. that they have to jump, you know, to the latest text, um, you know, their stuff isn't urgent. But I'm going to say something as a kind of tech loser mom. <laughs> I have, I own no less than, I don't know, four or five Kindles. I probably have three iPads. I have an assortment of Chromebooks. And this is outside of my computer company. This is for my own personal use because wherever I land, there just seems to be something that has to be done. And what happened recently is I went away with a friend and we went to his cabin where there was no Wi-Fi and there was no Wi-Fi that I could get in my Wi-Fi pack and there was no Wi-Fi in my phone. And he's laughing. He's like, I was outside (laughs) with my Wi-Fi finder walking around and he's like, Sam, you're not going to get a signal. Nobody gets a signal here. And I'm like, but, 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 and I will tell you for about the first two hours, I had like, the DTs, you know, <laughs> yes. you know, it was so hard for me. Now, once I got over that hump, I started to calm down and I calmed down in a way that was very peaceful. And I didn't realize how like, you know, I was like an antenna turned up on high all the time. Like ear always listening for the ding, ear always listening yep. for the phone, ear always listening. And it, it, it reminded me of some sort of like military status alert where, you know, like something's happening. So everybody's on high alert, high alert, high alert. I couldn't get out of high alert for a couple hours and in, in realistic honesty, probably a whole day. And I think that's why people talk about taking digital breaks or a text fast or a digital fast. And I kind of would snicker. Honestly, girls, I would be like, yeah, you need a text break. Woo-hoo. Well, funnily enough, I was a much different person after no digital for 24 hours. And then at 48 hours, I was like, oh, I guess I got to turn my phone back on because we're driving down the mountain. And it was such an interesting process because I got to see what our kids feel like when we take text away. And I got to really identify in my own way what it looked like, felt like, tastes like if you're glued to your devices all the time. If you take a break, it is hard and it does feel urgent it's just a false urgency well i think you know one of the things i think that and and i'm not a tech goddess here so forgive me and i could be very very wrong um but there is a a, an electronic vibration that comes off of computers and it strikes our body in a way that we've not even begun to think about yet um, I know that if I'm working on a project and I'm up late on the computer, um, I have a hard time sleeping 
That's why one of the things they always say is if you're having a hard time sleeping, no tech, no TV before you go to bed. There's a reality to that. Um, you know, I used to, I used to tease my kids and say, you know, your punishment is getting in the car. We're going to the beach. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. You're going to make me go with you. I'm like, yeah. And now as adults, that's that they hike, they go to the beach. That's where they find their peace. So yeah, you know, parents have got to realize that for the most part, you might as well have a t-shirt that is um, created that said, I'm the mom, I'm the target, hit me here. Because you get the, excuse me, the crap with their emotions, but you still have to teach the life lessons. You can't let the internet teach the life lessons. I'm just I think it's a submission over here because I was yeah. like, I was like, where do I get a Sharpie so I can make a big red target on my white t-shirt go. <laughs> just for effect? Go ahead. Hit me right here. I'm taking away your phone. Yeah. Right your shot. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I just was responding to somebody on, of course, on Facebook because I answer parents' questions in different groups all day long. Um, and one of them was, you know, what about my kids being late for school? What, you know, I don't know how to get my kids to be on time. And I said, you know, the bottom line is that when you find, when your children realize the currency of them being late, let's use that as a great example, that they're dragging their feet so that they have 100% of your attention, that's a power issue. And if you engage by yelling and screaming, you're now in a power struggle. But you can disengage by simply saying, my love, my job here is to simply be your driver. If you choose to be late for school, that's between you and your teacher and the consequences of the school. It's a choice. You can make it any time you like to change it, but I'm not getting involved. And parents are like, you know, they're on top of their kids and they're ramming the rules and, and the boundaries down their throat. We have to back off a little bit and say, the boundaries are out here. My rules are out here. They're about, you know, a little bigger than you're thinking about right now. But everything in between that is your choice. You get to experience what happens when you make that choice. That might include being on the Internet and playing around and not doing your homework. You need to be, as a parent, very empathetic and go, dude, bad choice. Wow. Sandra, do you have some, do your kids need their um, uh, devices to uh, send or submit their homework by, or do they still yeah. use that's, paper that, and that's pencil? That's the capper. Like, this is the thing yeah. that gets me all, like, all my panties in a knot, as the kids would say. The books that they read are on Kindle, and this is great because they have a Kindle at their dad's. They have a Kindle at my house. They can go back and forth. We don't have to lug books. It's one less thing to be left behind. Everybody's got their books. No problem. Then there's also games on the Kindle. There's also surfing on the Kindle. And then they have Chromebooks. Each boy has their own Chromebook. And, again, it's a fully executed Chromebook computer, but they have to upload their homework. Both kids do programming projects. On, online, they use Google Docs for their, to hold their homework. So, to take away certain things um, is really tough. And then both of my kids do uh, photo um, photo math. You know, photo math is this great app because I suck at math. I'm terrible, and I took two years of calculus, didn't remember anything from Northwestern. Thank you very much. Money well spent. Um, but <laughs> I use this thing for photo math, and it's a photo math app. And you take the camera on the phone, and you take a picture of it, and you click on it, and then it walks you through. It doesn't give you the answer. It just walks you through what you need to know about the calculations. And if you guys are struggling with your kids with math, photo math is great and you know so to take all the devices away just to do homework and a lot of our homework is already online it's it's not always it's not always easy and for me a single parent with two kids and an 83 year old dad three dogs and a partridge in a pear tree to take care of after school we have i have limited time to hover over them and figure out what they're doing mm. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a fact of life that technology is here to stay. We do want our kids to be smarter and faster and more capable. Have you ever sat a two-year-old down? They can instantly play. I mean, I'm fascinated. I go into the Apple store and I watch these little tiny people sit down and begin to navigate where I'm already having a hard time. So these guys are, I mean, I'm a dinosaur. It's really tragic. My kids are ashamed and the whole thing. Um but but the bottom line is we have to accept that. Now, how do we integrate our technology with the real life skills that mm-hmm. people need to survive? Um, one of the things that happens is I am invited to speak at corporations. I'm invited to speak in a lot of places where the millennials, God bless them, are having conflict resolution issues, communication issues. They've been raised with this and they're not really sure. How do I talk to my boss? How do I talk to my coworkers? How do I explain and communicate? And we almost have to start again and say, no, that's not how you would do it. You can't be angry. You can't make assumptions because everything is happening in a hundred and what, 60 characters and with a great deal of intensity. And that's showing up in the workplace. It's showing up in personal relationships. So we have to be really careful here because there is, there is, there's a gray area when you're talking to human beings versus when you're talking to a computer. And people are not understanding that. That's such an interesting perspective to think that that's now coming out of this generation. The fact that in the workplace, these young people have grown up with this technology enough now that it is adults who are having difficulty discussing teamwork, all of that kind of thing. That um, presents a whole different challenge. Uh, it, it's very uh, egocentric, I think, that everybody's just in their own little world, own little cubicle, own little whatever. It's very difficult to sit down at a conference table and to be able to work as a team. It is. Um, and, and there's a lot of cutting people off because in a text, you know, the longevity of the text is very short and very brief. And so the kids are really used to that. So when you tend to go on to make your point, they have no patience for that. And mm. yeah, it's really, and sometimes when you're trying to communicate something, If you are emotional in any way, shape, or form, you are going to be filled with what I call foggy brain. It's a foggy emotional brain. And you have to be able to find your intellect and find your uh, rational mind through that. And that's not what's happening on text. They're letting those emotions blow onto the text, and they don't care. And then they wonder, you know, between... This, uh, this illusion of perfection, which, you know, in parenting blogs, a lot of parents post things that are my beautiful, my kids are beautiful. I'm having the perfect life. There is no such thing. The whole point is every single one of us has kids that misbehave. It's the purpose of parenting is how they learn. So this illusion that, that other people are not having the same issues you are is a lie. I, I just to have to do this. Lie, lie, lie. Facebook is full of lies. It totally is. There are people getting divorced. There's people cheating on each other. You are not that thin. Your skin is not that smooth. Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> Photoshop, Photoshop. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How many double chins have I erased on Photoshop? Well, <laughs> oh, I didn't know you could do that. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> Yeah, it's called Facetune. That's the app you want on your phone. And it's free. Oh my gosh. I, Sandra, I don't know if I sent you the latest that my daughter did, her silly, her silly app that she has. Oh my gosh, that's a whole nother discussion in itself. Today we're talking with Sharon Silver. She is, uh, the founder of Proactive Parenting. We want you to visit proactiveparenting.net and join us after the break. We've got lots more with Sharon. Stay tuned. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living. 
with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. night my husband was laughing as he was reading about the differences between men and women according to the article men get single tusks or hiccups more often than women everyone knows that women are better at multitasking than men i'm good at both multitasking and procrastinating which means right now there are 28 things that i'm putting off until later What's another word for a person who puts everything off until the last minute? A cunctator. Women blink nearly twice as much as men. And while men can read smaller print than women, women can hear better. In fact, when a woman says, what? She heard you. She's just giving you a chance to change what you said. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we're with parenting expert Sharon Silver of ProactiveParenting.net. That blog that she was talking about that had all the apps you should look at is on there. I did it with my friends, and I was so glad that I could, um, you know, I could could have that information because it just gave me a handle on things. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, kind of that that false uh, perfection that's pervasive in Twitter. Twitter and Facebook and you know we all have come to accept that magazines and porn and uh, art is modified digitally you know um, I love if you want to have some fun go online and use the term fail like a failed grade but but type in Google and go to Photoshop fail celebrities. And it's so funny because you can go there and you'll see Beyonce and she'll be like all rocking out. And there might be a little bubble of skin here or a little dimple there. Like in one of the things, one of the Sports Illustrated models, they made her so thin they removed her arm. And you're like... <laughs> there did her arm go and you can have so much fun looking at these and they have uh victoria's secret and sports illustrated photo shoots because the girls are like crawling out of the water and and they're looking all sexy and and they they blow up their boobs they tiny their waist they lengthen their legs i mean it's fantasy and unfortunately we see a lot of that fantasy on facebook we see people modifying themselves because it used to be girls that I would work with a lot of real estate agents and I would train and coach them. And I'd always tell them, you have to be within a decade of the picture on your business card. Cause you know, you'd get this picture of this 20 something woman coming in and she's like 50 or 60. You know, we all play with those things, but when it comes to our kids, and they're highly impressionable, and we know that the brain is not mature till kids are 25, these repeated images of perfection can really make things difficult. Yeah, they can. And first, before I even get into that, let me just say that my picture really is within a decade, except that the last year has been really horrible. So I'm a little tired looking in reality, but I just wanted to say that. Um, but, but, but I also think that what you brought up is a really, really good point about this illusion of, um, perfection. What if we started showing our girls and our boys what these pictures really look like? Um, number one, then they get to recognize that there's some kind of, um, you know, there's lies going on on the internet. Not everything is real. Therefore, you don't have to take everybody at face value. Um, but your kids, your teens, your tweens, they're not necessarily going to believe you. And the reason is that secrecy, back to, you know, our tech 
issue of, of the things that are on the blog at proactiveparenting.net is secrecy is a form of defiance. It's what naturally happens in the tween and teen years. It is a function of how a human being grows. The idea is that defiance is a way of a child declaring their independence from the dependency that they have had on their parent all these years. It is crucial. It's important. We tend to want to stamp it out. What we have to do is work with it, give them rules and boundaries. But you want your children to break away from you during the tween and teen years when you have some kind of ability to see that they're safe and you know what's happening. You don't want them doing this in the early college years. So if you're dealing with a teen and a tween and they're hiding things from you, and they're being defiant, pat yourself on the back. That's normal human nature. It's not fun. We don't want to do it. We don't want to have to go through it. But here again, there's no perfection. And anyone who tells you there is, is lying. Now, there are variations. There are people who have children that are technically and psychologically classified as flexible and easy. Personally, I wouldn't know that. I was given two children that were the exact opposite of that. But they tell me that there are people who have flexible and easy children. <laughs> so, you know, there, there is a range. So, um, I'm not calling everyone a liar and saying you're not, you're not really dealing with a good kid. It happens. My second child was very good, rarely got in trouble. But the problem was he never really declared his independence. And that happened in his late 20s. So you'll drag the developmental phase with you until you complete it, like it or not. It's how human beings are wired. Hey, Sharon, I think you need to do like a meditation and put it up on your site. Now, I'm saying this tongue in cheek, but in all seriousness, because I'm like, I think I'm going to clip, you know, part of this, you know, and I think every stressed out parent of a teen or a preteen could click on it and listen to it. It could be like, hi, this is Sharon Silver, and I'm here to tell you that teenagers are this and they're not perfect and the Internet's not perfect. And, you know, all (laughs) these points that you're saying, they make me feel so calm. And then, you know, when I go back into the parenting ring, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that these things will stick there in deep to go defiance. Because this is what I did after our show last week when when I had a trouble with both kids on Friday. I'm like, defiance is a normal part of growing up. It's defiance. It's not disrespectful. It's just defiance. And I'm like conjuring up what would Sharon Silver say? What would Sharon Silver say? I have to tell you that is somehow that's been tracking me for 30 some odd years is what would Sharon Silver say? Um, And so, you know, actually, we're just about to launch a membership site where you'll have access to that and things of that nature so that you can always go there. And if you're a member, you can get that hit. But there is a very big difference between disrespect and defiance. Defiance is natural. How you apply your defiance is where disrespect comes in. So it's the application of your defiance. And that is where I use one of the best terms known to man, which will be in my free webinar. So I want everyone to know I am doing a free webinar called Why Am I Yelling and What Can I Do Instead? The registration page is not up yet, but if you want to be on that list because it is a limited attendance, send me an email at info at proactiveparenting.net and we'll get you um, registered. But the two best words that any parent can ever use is try again. So when that natural defiance takes over your child and you feel like it's being disrespect, you're being disrespected, look them in the eye, say those two words, but really notice how I'm saying it. Try again. With women, when we get angry, our voice goes up a register and we tend to get very shrill. Ask your sons, ask your husbands. They'll be right there to tell you, yep, that's what you sound like. So what you want to do is impart your authority by lowering your voice down a register. Now, I have a pretty low voice to begin with, but take your voice down a register and really slow down the words, try again. That tells your child, oh, I was disrespectful. That's one of mom's buttons. You may say whatever you want. If you don't like what these rules are, we can talk about it, but you may not be disrespectful as you tell me about it. So pull this apart, the defiance and the disrespect, and you'll have 
far more success. I'm just writing that down. You may not be disrespectful. I just, I'm going to be there in the kitchen. I'm going to keep them in the pantry where I keep the sugar bowl, and they're going to be like my little go-to cards. Well, you're inspiring me to, like, make stickies of these things. So I'm going to listen to everything I said in both interviews, and I'm going to make stickies of them, and I'll put that in the membership site. Well, I think it's important. I mean, don't you, Rob? Like, one of the things that, that parenting experts help me, especially with the kids, and this helped Sharon also, like, you know, when I was going through my divorce, I don't know how to say things. I know how I want to say things, but they may not be the best way to say them. And if I can borrow an expert's verbiage or, or just the words you use or the tone, like if I can model that, I'm a really good foot soldier. I can model anything, but I can't necessarily create things on the fly, especially if I'm feeling high emotion because my kids just called me a crazy old bat. Right. And that's really, I mean, and that's what our kids are missing. That's the life skill that the internet is not teaching the kids. That is, you hit the nail on the head. That's the gold of parenting. You have to realize that we are, hum- we are, as humans, we are emotionally based. The, the, te- you know, whenever you write a post or when you write a text, there's no emotion in it. We've added emojis because we have to, but there's no emotion in it. But there's a ton of emotion in the family system. If we don't start addressing those emotions and start finding ways to really deal with it, we're letting our kids down. This is a part of parenting that's crucial. And if we don't start dealing with it, we're letting society down. Because look what we're releasing out into the world. Kids that don't know about conflict resolution. They don't know about communication. They don't know how to honor another person's opinion and maybe disagree with it, but still honor it. So, you know, these are things that have got to be taught. And I, I, like you say, there are so many times when, um, we get so flustered because, uh, a, a child has learned to press the right buttons for, for you to have that one consistent, uh, statement, try again, because you want them to realize that they have gone beyond what what they should have done they've kind of, and every child has has got to learn those boundaries i i love the phrase uh barometer you 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 have no barometer because somebody may not know quite when they're exceeding uh uh an emotional temperature they they may not have that inner barometer but we need to help them develop that and and i love that phrase try again mm-hmm. um because it's not demeaning, it's not yelling, it's not saying that I am not accepting what you're saying, you're just not saying it in the right way uh, for me to uh, give you a respectful answer to it. Well, the way you're saying it is tripping my light fantastic, and as my light fantastic spills over into your world, it's going to be accompanied by yelling, you know, and... (laughs) You know, I'm the queen of let's stop, you know, reacting and start responding. So why is it that I can call myself the queen? Because I'm a yelling fool. I did the same thing that everybody else is doing. I had to teach myself and learn how not to do that. I know, but it feels so good. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't get me going there because I will. I mean, really, you know what that is? That's a dump truck. And that's really basically what I tell my kids and what I tell other people. You you just yelled at me, which means I relieved you of your emotional burden, and you just dumped it on me. That's not fair. My daughter was so... <laughs> it still feels good, but we should always go what feels good. <laughs> my, my daughter was so controlling because she would just sit there deadpan and look at me and say, Mom, don't laugh. Oh. Don't laugh. And damn it, I would do it. I would, you know, she would just keep doing it and I would lose it. And then of course our whole afternoon would be, would be shot for whatever I was trying to do. But, um, yeah, that was my daughter. She learned how to do it. And we're here with Sharon Silver, Robin Boyd, and find us on Twitter and Facebook. Our shows are available on iTunes anytime from 0 hundred hours to 2359. For now, stay right where you are. There's more Military Mom Talk Radio after these messages.
Residents of Alligator Point, Florida, discovered a 400-pound Gabrielunzi bear raiding their garbage. They called the local wildlife authorities. The officers came out and shot the bear with a tranquilizer dart in order to move him. Unexpectedly, the frightened bear swam out into the water, where it started to drown as the tranquilizer began taking effect. Adam Warwick, an officer from the Wildlife Commission, jumped into action, swimming towards a juggernaut bear, while the other officers tried to figure out how to rescue both of them. Adam was somehow able to grab the bear and paddle 25 yards to the shore, saving the bear's life. The bear was then loaded on a truck and transported back to its home in the forest. What's the word for a last-minute attempt to get something done? A charrette. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff. And find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey everyone, this is Robin Boyd with Sandra Beck, and today our guest is Sharon Silver. She is a parenting expert, has been around the block a little, um, <laughs> in that you have not only uh, raised kids, but you've talked to hundreds of parents who have been challenged, and I, I, I'm sure... There's, there's so many times, uh, you hear the same story over and over again, and we all think we've got the most unique problem in the world. No one has ever had anybody sit there and roll their, their teenager roll their eyes at them. Nobody ever else has done. <laughs> no, it's never happened. <laughs> never happened. <laughs> well, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it is unique because it's unique to each and every family. Um, my, my webinar, which I'm giving uh, a free webinar called Why Do I Yell and What Can I Do Instead? And you guys, um, it's the registration page is not up yet, but it's first come, first serve. So send me an email at info at proactiveparenting.net with your name and email. And we'll get you registered. But one of the things I talk about there is the uniqueness of every family. You are different, Robin, than I am. What motivated me to yell, what motivated you to yell are completely different things. So the eye rolling is the champagne cork that's being blown off the bottle. It is the trigger. But what causes it for you and what caused it for me, those are unique. So in a lot of ways, when I hear hundreds and hundreds of parents say, yeah, that just really twerks me and makes me crazy, the trigger is the same. But where it comes from is your own unique path. And that's what I'm trying to help parents to understand is I'm helping to guide them toward finding out what is unique about you and what is, what's going on with you that we can help you to let go of that yelling. And let's acknowledge that the trigger is the same. And here's a solution. So it's a a three-way thing. We acknowledge the trigger. We try and figure out where it's coming from for you. And I try and arm parents with a solution. That's my philosophy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all about solutions or should I say I'm all about being proactive? (laughs) Had to, but um, yeah, I think that if you ignore the eye rolling, it is a, the only thing that a tween or a teen or even my nine-year-old nephew is is doing it. It's the I don't care attitude. Now, mm-hmm. here's the most interesting thing about this, and I want everybody listening to really hear me on this because this will help a lot. Your child is listening, and your child does care. Mm-hmm. 
That's just the attitude. It's just the, I'm just needing to show you, you can't affect me. It's mm-hmm. the same thing, you know, as, as we're saying, don't you dare. It's their way of saying, don't you dare tell me. But believe me, they are listening. If you just don't attack the attitude, the information goes in and it's there and you'll see it come back out. Um, I think that something that uh, Sandra and I talked about mm-hmm. in the other interview, which is a really good statement of this, is she was saying she tells her kids all the time to make good choices. Those are really great words, but they're also very difficult for a child to figure out what it is that you mean. When you say the words make good choices, that's a global statement. It's not specific. It catches everything. When kids get caught for doing something or they get in trouble and we feel like we've resolved it, we send them out the door and we say, make good choices. But the minute that they become emotional or caught in a peer situation where they know they're being challenged, making good choices goes way out the door. They can't even access it. So the way around that is to be specific and to give them details so that, and you have to talk to them on a more basic level. So the idea, I call it pulling it through the brain. You want to ask them questions. You want to say, instead of sending them off saying, make good choices, Say, what are you going to do if you find yourself in this situation? Tell me. Make them replay it. Pull it through their brain, and you've got a much better shot. I think it's difficult for children to analyze consequences um, quickly or or, uh, thoroughly. They're still learning. One of the things that I – and I think I've shared this with you before. One of the things I used to do when I would watch TV, an episode of something with my kids, I would mute the commercial or or, or turn down the volume during the commercial. And I would say, what do you think the subject is going to do next? What do you think – if they did this, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think that this is going to be the best choice for them if they go with the friend and do the whatever? Whatever the topic of of the show was because I was wanting them to learn that they can analyze and they can project and they can foresee what could happen and then what would that consequence be if that did happen. Yeah, that's just such a really brilliant piece of parenting. Um, it's taking a step back. It's empowering your child to see things with a wider perspective. And kids really respond to that. They feel like they're grown up, that you've asked their opinion. Um, and when you have a dialogue about that, they get to see, oh, you know, maybe I missed this, but I got that right and I got this right. Aren't I smart? Aren't I a grown up? So it's a brilliant piece of parenting, and I would highly recommend that all parents do that. Put yourself in situations, watch their shows, listen to their music. Well, this was something that I used to do because I really didn't like hip-hop and, and things of that nature. But my kids would bring it to me, and they'd say, Mom, listen past the genre of this music. Listen to the words. What's the message? Once they did that, it was like, hey, I agree with that. They said, we thought you would. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think it was, um, ah, I can't remember what the name is, but it was Where's the Love? And it was a, a great, I love the song, and I listen to it all mm-hmm. the time now. And the point was that this was a song that my son and I bonded over, which is why aren't we paying attention to the bigger picture of what's happening in the world. To have a 15-year-old come to me and say, this makes me cry. This makes me so sad for our society. And I'm like, wow. And you got that from a song? He said, yeah. And I wanted to bring it to you. So listen to their music, watch their TV, see what they're looking at on the internet. You might find a thread of brilliance in there. It, it gives you hope to realize that um, among all of the things that you might think is superficial, there really is something uh, a little more in depth with them and therefore their thoughts. Um, they really do have a lot going on up there. Yeah, I want they to bring, do. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, say, if you if you basically get involved, if you leave them to their technology, they're not going to, they're going to miss that piece. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, you, you need to bring it to their attention because that's, that's where the awareness comes. But, but we're getting closer to the end and I definitely want to talk about the free, uh, self-control ebook that you have, uh, because this is so valuable for parents. So many times we'll have these discussions and then we certainly want people to have uh, a resource that they can turn to. Six unique ways to teach kids self-control. This is important because I think sometimes kids get themselves into a situation they don't quite know how to handle. They get themselves in a little too deep. Um, and, and this is a wonderful resource for parents. Well, what I decided was, you know, I, I realized that many parents wait to apply a lot of rules and boundaries and insist on self-control when kids are about 12 and older. And what I wanted parents to know is that your real work, the ability to lay down that foundation of self-control, begins 12 and under. So this is six unique ways to teach self-control for kids that are 2 to 12. The goal is if you can implement these things, this way of being, it's practicing a new habit for parents, and it's extending this foundation to your child so that when you have to draw on it, because that's really what you're doing, you're making a withdrawal from this authority bank whenever they're older. You have to remember that your kids are not necessarily going to listen to you it's normal human development. Once they're 12, once they're tween and older, the shift goes toward the peer group. It steps away from the family system and starts, the peers are more important than what the parents have to say. I don't know if anybody noticed, you hear the same line over and over again. What do you know about my life? You're a grown up. So you want to do your work. I know. So you want to do your work when you have their full attention, and that's ages 2 to 12. And that's why I wrote that, is it is six unique ways, and they are unique, to teach your child self-control. And you get that foundation built, and you can draw on it when the shift goes more toward the peer group. So it it works. And it isn't it true because once all of a sudden they're into uh, peer pressures, it is so difficult to rein it back in and to be able to say, I want to have this conversation with you and they're going to look at you and say, we have never had this a conversation before. Why all of a sudden now? Um, and, and it's true. I think that communication does need to start right. Uh, so early, um, Sharon, your book is, uh, Stop reacting and start responding. I do want people to find this uh, not only on your website, but I assume on Amazon and yeah. and other locations. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you if you're on Goodreads, give us a vote. We love that on Amazon. We do have a new um, subhead. It's called um, Stop Reacting, Start Responding: How to Transform um, Behavior into Learning Moments. And, and that was really more of what I wanted people to see is that there is a way to take misbehavior and correct behavior and do it through responding so that it strikes an aha moment for your child. And that aha moment becomes wisdom that once again is installed in their foundation. Um, I talk about why parents experience in the book, um, why parents think, why do I have to repeat this? I've already corrected it one time. I've already corrected it five times. That's chapter one. And there's a real reason. And it's vital for parents to know. I call it the danger zone, and it's really important for parents to know. But there's 108 real-life scenarios in the book that I give you an opportunity to see how we deal with it when we're reacting, and then I transform it into how would you deal with it when you're responding. So that's what the book is all about. And, you know, I would say, if nothing more, get on my mailing list because we are going to be transforming the site into a membership site where parents are going to be able to get the wonderful things that we've talked about today. And please tell Sandra, she has truly inspired me um, to create stickies, empowerment stickies for everybody Empower. so they can come. 
<laughs> That's what I'll call them, empowerment stickies. <laughs> I love it. Sharon Silver, you are a gem. You are amazing. And thank you for sharing, not only with us, but with uh, many parents out there. You take care, everyone. Thanks for being with us this week on Military Mom Talk Radio. For those of you who are still interested in getting your Casper mattress, you can get $50 off your mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash mm and enter that promotion code mm when you make your purchase we'll be back again next week thanks for tuning in to military mom talk radio want more information check us out at militarymomtalkradio.com or find us on itunes for more than 200 free episodes drop us an email or find us on facebook we are looking forward to another great discussion we hope you'll join us on military mom 